Michigan dominating them from start to finish. Welcome to my world, bitch. Okay, look. It's not that long. It was like one month. It was like three weeks. It was Christmas. It was Christmas break. Cut me, cut me a break, all right? I was, I, I was watching Hype House. I was not. That did not happen. Okay. That didn't. Look. Christmas came and went. I went home. Did I bring my recording stuff? Yes, I brought it. I didn't use it. I didn't record. I don't know. It's not I didn't want to. It just didn't happen. I was really busy. I could say whatever I want. Excuse this. Excuse that. Whatever. You know, DMs and everything. Texts filled with messages. Oh, where's the next show? Where's the next show? That didn't happen either. But look, I things happen. I came back. It was... You know, I was just busy. I don't really. What, what do you want me to say? Things happen. I didn't. I didn't do any shows. Did I want to? Yeah, but uh, you know, I thought it'd be kind of better just to stay home and not really worry about anything. And this isn't necessarily something I worry about because, like I said, I do this for fun. This isn't, you know, mandatory. This isn't assignment school based. This isn't any of that. This is something I do in my own time when I want, and I make a commitment to myself to do my best to put something out at least once a week and that just didn't happen while I was home over the holiday and I'm not you know I'm not worried I'm not I didn't stress over it I wasn't like oh man I didn't put out any episodes of the show like what do I do now this is stupid I can never record again it just kind of all happened it was just like okay I'm not I, it's just not gonna happen while I'm here and I, I knew probably about after a week of being home I was like you know there's there's a lot of stuff I want to do here while I'm back and you know, I'll do my best to recap everything that went on over, you know, over break on, on the next show. But, you know, this time it was just, I don't know, I just wanted to stay home and I wanted to spend time with family, spend time with friends. And if, you know, I thought about doing a, doing like a show with friends, like recording a show with some friends, but it just, you know, it just didn't end up happening that way. And the Lions won some games, you know, I'm starting to realize there's kind of a causality here, maybe, you know. When I'm not recording the show, the Lions win more games, so it had me debating. And once next season comes, and they're actually in a spot to win something after the Bears and Vikings burn their franchises to the ground, you know, what do I do? Do I just not do shows, and then the Lions win more? Like, I don't know how this is supposed to work. It's We're back. We're good. We're back. There's energy. It might not sound like it, but there's energy. There's, I just have a good amount of stuff I want to talk, to, talk about today, and... This is NFL time. This is the best. This is the best weekend in football. Best two weeks in football, really. Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend, uh, divisional round, championship games next weekend. I mean, there's, you know, our, not next weekend, weekend after next, but you get what I'm saying. And next weekend, this weekend, whatever you want to say. But there's, there's just a lot that I want to talk about football wise. And, uh, yeah, that little Michigan thing in there. I'm, I'm fine with that there, with that Michigan Open, because, uh, yeah, if you can talk about that call in the second quarter against Michigan State two months after it happens, I can poke a little fun at your playoff embarrassment three weeks after it happens. So, uh, you know, you keep giving me crap, and I'll keep giving you crap. That's how it works. That's how I roll. That's how I operate. It's always how it's going to go. You give me crap, I give you crap. You don't give me crap, I don't give you crap. That's just kind of the way it works. And as long as Michigan fans keep giving me crap, Michigan fans keep giving anybody crap, I'll give them crap because I don't tolerate their nonsense and their garbage. Because that's just how I am. It's who I am as a person. So, uh, yeah, screw you, Michigan. You got what you deserved. 
You lost by 30 in the playoff. Oh, hey, Michigan State lost to Alabama. Never deserved to be there. Yeah, you lost to Georgia by a million. You were never in that game, and you would have never won the game. If you played it over a bunch of times, it wouldn't have mattered because you were outmatched, you were outmanned, you were outgunned, you were outcoached, you were outplayed, you were outfinessed. You were out everything. You had zero chance to win that game, and there was no reason you should have even showed up and played the game because you lost by a million and you had no chance against a team who didn't even know who their quarterback was going to be. A team that didn't have, a team whose fan base didn't have confidence in the quarterback play. A team whose locker room was not giving clear uh, guidance to anybody on who the quarterback was going to be. Now, part of that strategy, but the body language after that Alabama game, after that massacre showed there was a lack of confidence a lack of, I don't like using this word, but there wasn't swagger. Earlier in Georgia's season, you saw swagger. You saw character. You saw charisma. They were winning games handily, and they got they got manhandled by Alabama. And you saw something. You're like, this Georgia team looks different. This is not who they were. And they came out, and they smoked you. They smoked you, and they called people off because they needed to rest, and they needed to prepare for Alabama. This game was a national championship game. If it was Georgia, Michigan, and the national championship, they had to beat you by 50. You feel how I felt. You know exactly what we went through now. Michigan knows exactly what Michigan State went through. Look how far away you are. Look how far away we were. Look how far away we all are now. You were the pride and joy, the queen, king, whatever of the Big Ten, of the country. You were the chance at dethroning the SEC. It was you. It wasn't Cincinnati, and we'll get to them in a second. It wasn't Cincinnati. It was you. You. And you failed, just like Michigan State did. And now, you have to go through all these rumors about your coach. Oh, is he leaving? Is he not leaving? What's going to happen? You know he's going to stay. He should stay, I think. I think it'd be smart for him to stay. But that's not a discussion, because honestly, it's just a dumb discussion, really. You know, the the rumors get heated up, and it's like, oh, hey, let's have a fun conversation about this. We're beyond that, and that's just white noise at this point. But do I have to poke a little fun at Michigan? Yeah, of course I do. It's what I do. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a life if it wasn't making fun and poking at fun at Michigan. There's just no, there's no point in living if you can't expose them for their nonsense and their garbage. Oh, yeah, they still camped out on Schlissel's lawn? Yeah, probably. We'll see. I haven't been to Ann Arbor in a minute. You know, I spent three and a half weeks at home, almost four weeks at home. And everyone's like, oh, Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor this, Ann Arbor that, Ann Arbor this. What a great town. What a great place to be. You know how many seconds I spent in Ann Arbor? It's a 20-minute drive. Ann Arbor is probably a five-minute closer drive to my house in Detroit. Is. You know how, much many, how many minutes I spent in Ann Arbor? Zero. Zero. I didn't spend a second in Ann Arbor, at least in the city. I had to drive around Ann Arbor a couple times to get to a couple places I wanted to go. But how many times did I get out of my car voluntarily and step foot in Ann Arbor city limits? Zero. I don't think I stopped for gas. I went to a grocery store in Ann Arbor. Why? Because I don't like it there. Because I hate it. And I don't want to be there. And you weren't there either. You weren't there. Because you lost. And you had to come home. And you had to not be in Ann Arbor because you lost. You didn't get no victory parade like Georgia did. Or like Alabama did after they won their conference. You got you got the one thing after you won the Big Ten. You got your happiness winning the Big Ten. And then you got to see how close you really were everything Harbaugh was saying about bringing the championship back to Ann Arbor. You got to see how close you were, and you found out. That's how close you were. 
you're not close. You're not even you're not even in the same ballpark. You're not even playing D1. You're playing D2 compared. We're all playing D2 compared to these people. It's not just you. So don't feel bad. We're all we're all victims. Even half of the SEC is victim. You think Mizzou is on the same it's on the same pedestal as Alabama? It's not just that's not just non-SEC schools. It's SEC schools too. The kings of the SEC, and it's everybody else. These blue bloods. I mean, Clemson. Clemson's got a problem. I mean, even look at Ohio State. When's the last time Ohio State did it? They went all the way. Ohio State will steal one every five, six years. Who knows if Clemson comes back? No Florida anymore. There's no FSU. It's Bama. It's Georgia, and it's the rest. All right. We'll see. We'll see how long it takes for LSU to get back. I don't know what. See what Lincoln Riley does at USC. I really, I, it's, it's the SEC and it's everybody else. You figured that out. So good for you. And I'm glad you learned your lesson the same way we did. And you re, you really did, right? You, you scored points. Yay. With garbage time points at the end. You got your points. Garbage time. I mean, look. Is it a brutal lesson? Yes, it's a brutal lesson. But I'm glad you learned it. I'm glad you understand now what I felt. What we all felt in East Lansing. The community. It's a community. This is a Big Ten community, and we all lose, and we all fail as soon as it comes up against the SEC. And that's how it happens. And you can't do anything about it. It's just nature. It's just one of the three constants of the world. Death, taxes, and the SEC. That's all it is. That's all it is, and it's all it's ever going to be. Yeah, and your basketball team garbage too, huh? That's a surprise. Oh, man, no, we're losing in football on the basketball season. <laughs> yeah, Juwan Howard's got the boys rolling this year. Oh, yep, 18-point loss against Rutgers. <laughs> that was a fun game to listen to as I was driving back eight hours from Virginia. Got to listen to you get smacked by the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we lost to Northwestern in basketball, so that's about all I'll say to that. But, hey, 14-3 and three better than what? Eight and seven, seven and eight, seven and seven. I don't know what you guys are. Dodge Michigan State, Dodge Purdue. Good for you guys. All that, all that just has to go lose to Illinois. All this nonsense. Oh man, sorry. Guys got the cold. You know, there's too much COVID issues. Like, you know, we just gotta can't play the game. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them to be safe and not play Purdue and not play Michigan State. Because while they were sick and they had COVID. They also saved themselves from dismantling in a further beating, a bigger beating than COVID was handed to them. They missed out on that, so good for them. On to football. It's enough basketball. Although we'll do some more basketball later on. I'm, we're you know we're we're about three four weeks out from being full college basketball mode. No, I'm full college basketball viewing mode. I've been watching college basketball a lot, but talking not yet. We still got some football to deal with, and we just had a pretty big weekend in football in case. In case you live under a rock and you don't know what's happening, there was Wild Card Weekend recently, and uh, you know there were six playoff games played. Fourteen teams in the playoffs in Wild Card Weekend. Two of them were on by. That would be Green Bay Packers and Tennessee Titans. Somehow got on by, and there were six games played between twelve teams this past weekend. And this is just a good time midweek to review it, give some thoughts, and preview the divisional round. And that's all we're gonna do this time. That's all we're gonna do today. Because that's really all the sports news that we care about right now, right? NFL playoffs. Who cares that the Wings beat the Sabres in overtime? Great win. There were 10 people at Buffalo. Come on. Nobody is, is, is talk football, please. Raiders, Bengals. <laughs> you know, look, I'm, 
this is complicated because I was debating how I wanted to do this before recording and writing down what I wanted to talk about. It's like, you know, everyone, oh, wild card takeaways, things we learned from the wild card, oh, divisional round, 10 keys to victory for each team in the divisional round. And I was like, you know what, why don't we just do an old-fashioned power rank, right? Everyone loves the power rankings. Where's your team rank in the power rankings? Where's this matchup rank? Who's this? Who's that? Conference power rankings. Tell me how good Michigan State is in college basketball in the Big Ten power rankings. There's all this stuff, right? So what I'm going to do for, for the divisional round and for this past weekend's wild card round is I'm going to power rank for, for the divisional round. I'm going to power rank my excitement for the actual matchup, viewing the matchup. And then I'm going to rank the uh, wild card wild card weekend and based on how much I enjoyed watching the game, how entertained I was. So this is going to be a lot of emotion. This is going to be a lot of uh, what did I like and what did I not like about the viewing experience of the Super Wild Card Weekend because this is the second year we've had it. And last year was the first year, and I, I, I listened to most of it on radio, actually, because I was driving I was driving up for my first semester in Siberia uh, for, you know, start to start my new school. And, uh, you know, it was good to have as much football as we did. But I wasn't viewing it on television. There wasn't, you know, the TV wasn't on for 12 straight hours just watching football. It was, you know, listen to the radio, stop and get gas, freeze, listen to more radio, freeze again, get gas. And you just kind of repeated the cycle. And uh, this, so this really was, in my opinion, it was kind of my introduction to to Super Wild Card Weekend viewing experience, at least on the television. So... So I'm just going to give my power rankings of, of how exciting it was to watch each game over Wild Card Weekend, starting from the bottom, working our way up to the top, and then after that, we'll we'll get into the divisional round. So, you know, I should have I should have typed this out in reverse because I'm going from page three on my sheet to page one. I'm like I'm working backwards, so I I kind of uh, coordinated that the wrong way. But uh, so we're going to start with the with my least my least enjoyable viewing experience of uh, of the wild card weekend. And I'm not like, this isn't, oh, which commentators are the worst, which were the best. Did you watch the guys get slimed in the end zone? This this isn't about that. This is, uh, I'm not going to bash any broadcast crew. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do any of that. This is just, you know, what which game did I enjoy the most? Which game did I enjoy the least? And why? What made one game better than the other? And I, I mean, you probably already know, at least with the top two are, because there were two close games and there were four blowouts. And that's kind of, this little super wild card weekend, I think, is a little bit of a preview of what you can expect for the college football playoff, if and when it expands. Because there were two really close games and then there were two blowouts, or four blowouts, with teams, I mean, two teams shouldn't have even been there at the start, and then the other two were just, they were just outmatched, and it was very clear. So we'll, we'll start at the bottom. Uh, Patriots-Bills, that was my least favorite game to watch, and it wasn't, this is tough, because there wasn't, this was the only game that, well, never mind, you know, I take that back. There were two games, this is the next game. But this game, this Patriots-Bills game, it just hurt. It really hurt for me to watch because I was wrong. I was really wrong. This was a game that I really wanted to be right on. Because I've been Mac Jones 
hype man from the start. I love Mac Jones. Mac Jones coming out of college. Mac Jones smoking his cigar, his beautiful body, the way he lines up on her center and takes snaps. It's all just beautiful. I love Mac Jones. Mac Jones' existence is such a key part to my existence. Mac Jones and I coexist, and the fact that I can live on the same earth and breathe the same air that Mac Jones does helps breathe life into me and my daily activities. I wake up and I think Mac Jones is somewhere on this earth and it helps me get through my daily activities. I love Mac Jones and I was blinded. I was blinded by it and I thought, you know what? The hoodie is going to rescue Mac. The hoodie is going to take Mac as far as he can go. And it just didn't happen this year. And it can happen next year, but it didn't happen this year. And it was just painful to see the way it played out. And look, I wasn't sold on Buffalo. Buffalo hadn't been convincing. Were they winning games? Yes. Were they the best team in the division? Yes. But they weren't convincing. They weren't hot. They weren't winning. They won games, but they weren't winning. And it, was, it wasn't something that I liked. It wasn't something I was comfortable with. Just saying, oh, Buffalo easily, no chance. I just thought, and I know what happened. I know why New England beat Buffalo earlier in the season, and Buffalo was a freak scenario. I get it. But I thought the teams matched up well. I just did not expect Buffalo's offense to do something like that, just because we hadn't seen it. It hadn't happened recently. So I I was just, I wasn't sold on Buffalo. They pulled this performance out of a hat, it seems like, and they're the best Look, they're the best team in the AFC right now. And this and it sets up Bills Chiefs. The, the thing about this game is, is while it was painful to watch, and I I was just I was borderline vomiting watching New England try and play defense, and I would cry whenever Mac Jones threw an incomplete pass and just couldn't do anything. But but at least with this game there's a silver lining. It sets up Bills-Chiefs, which is what we all want. That, I mean, that Bills-Chiefs game is going to be huge, and we'll, that'll be that'll be a little bit later. But, I mean, it set up the game. They're the best team in the AFC right now, and the Bills deserve to win. It just hurts. It just hurts because I wanted the Patriots and Mac Jones to win so bad. I wanted it to happen. It just couldn't happen. Everything in me wanted the Patriots to win, and I wanted to quiet the narrative a little bit. It was about the narrative. That Brady was the only key to success in New England because I have to listen to Ann Arbor and I have to listen to Michigan. Oh, Brady was a key to success in New England. Belichick, the Belichick was just a, he was just a placeholder. He was able to control Brady, but it was really Brady all the all along. Brady had the keys to the Ferrari, and Bill Belichick was just in the passenger seat. Brady, 80% of the reason for New England success. Bill Belichick, 20. Well, why? Because Brady went to Michigan. Go blue. Oh, oh my gosh, it's terrible, and I just have to listen to it over and over and over again. And I thought, you know what? If Bill Belichick can take a rookie quarterback to the playoffs and win a game. Now, he already took him to the playoffs, but if you can win a game, win a road playoff game in Buffalo against a good team and a great quarterback and one of the rising star young coaches in the league, and Sean McDermott, that could really help change a narrative. This is a narrative-changing game, and it just didn't happen. I wanted it to happen, and it didn't, and it hurt watching this game. And then Tampa Bay did it the next day. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady went out and blasted the Eagles, and it was just it was just the perfect storm for more people to say it was all Tom Brady in New England, and it just ugh, it's disgusting. 
I mean, I look, I kind of adopted New England as my playoff contender team a little bit. Because, you know, I knew the Lions weren't going to be I'm always going to be a Lions fan first off. But, you know, when you're 0-8, you think, okay, who else can I root for this season that actually has a chance? And I was like, you know what? I got to root for Mac Jones and the Patriots. And Bill Belichick's a genius. You know what? It feels good to root for Bill Belichick. Because as long as Brady was a tied to Belichick, I couldn't root for him. But now it's like, you know what? It feels good to root for the best coach in the NFL. It just makes sense. So, I mean, it hurts. It hurts. They were adopted my they they're my adopted playoff team and, and ah my hero. My hero was out of his element and and it was just unbearable. It was unbearable to watch. I'm always gonna support Mac, but just couldn't happen that week. Everything went Buffalo's way. Allen looked fantastic. I mean Josh Allen looked amazing. Josh Allen had the best performance in the weekend quarterback wise. The defense shut down everything New England wanted to do. I mean, really, when you, it looked like Buffalo knew on the offensive side of the ball. It looked like Buffalo knew what New England was going to do before New England knew they were going to do it. It was, just, it was just all perfectly scripted. It's like it almost seemed like Bill Belichick was the one coaching Buffalo and some random dude was the one coaching New England. It just it didn't make sense. But look, always it always happens. It's the playoffs. I, the best team wins the game. And you know what? The better team won. And... uh I just, I don't know. I can't say more, much more about it. The game, there were games I liked more than this. Obviously, this was, uh, this is the worst one for me. This one brought out the most pain. The games I liked more than this, I still wasn't a fan of though. They brought out anger and disgust, really. The games I, the games I'm about to mention, they brought out anger and disgust in me, really. But this, this was just confusion, sorrow, pity. It was pain. And, and I'm okay with the Bills establishing themselves as Super Bowl contenders, right? They deserve it. The city deserves it. And the fans deserve it. Buffalo has great fans. And, and it really made me feel bad watching as two people showed up to the Sabres-Red Wings game on Sunday in Buffalo. Whatever day it was. Whenever the Wings played the Sabres. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. Whenever they played. They played Buffalo. Nobody was at the game. And I'm like, you know what? These poor people need something to root for. Might give them the Bills at least. Right, so they deserve it. Good for Buffalo, but just why? Why did it have to happen against New England that way in a blowout? Really, I mean, it's one thing if Mac Jones plays his heart and soul out, plays a perfect game, and Buffalo wins a 44-41 thriller. But just the way that happened for New England to look outclassed in every phase and form of the game just was not. That was not what I wanted to see. Number five, Rams-Cardinals. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because this game was uh, was another blowout. And this game, the next two will be blowouts. But this game, I had a lot of personal stake. Um, You know, we're just doing a for fun pick-em game. You know, just see, just fun, friendly family competition. And it's all mostly, I think it's all Michigan people and... um, you know, everyone's picking the Rams by a million. Oh, root for Stafford. Let's go Stafford. Yay, Stafford. My hero, Stafford. Stafford this. Stafford that. Number nine's my hero. Let's go Maddie. Greatest quarterback ever. Best quarterback in Detroit history, which is true. He still didn't win a playoff game. Go Maddie. Go Maddie. It's just, oh my gosh. Not to hear everybody talk about. As if Stafford's still on the lines. You realize if the Rams lose... We get a better draft pick. That's Lions people wearing their Lions jerseys. 
watching Rams Cardinals and it's like hello if you lose you can still get a top 25 pick and now it's uh, the best you get is uh I mean how many teams are left seven the best you get is 25 and you won't even get that missing with 26 27 maybe come on we were right there we we're right there and this isn't more this isn't even just about the draft pick just like the New England uh Buffalo game. There was a narrative here. There was a narrative. A narrative that could have been rewritten, that could have been changed. And you'll notice the common theme with these games. The games that had a narr potential narrative changing outcome did not change the narrative the way that I wanted it to be changed, which is why they find themselves this low on the list. And the only reason that Rams Cardinals is not last on my list is because of the Manning cast. I mean, seriously, the Manning cast is so fun. It's so funny. I, lo I love watching it. I loved Dwayne The Rock Johnson's inspirational speech for Arizona, backed up to their own three, and, <laughs> and then Kyler Murray <laughs> does what he does. I mean, come on. How do, you not, how do you not love the beauty in that? So, I mean, without the Manning cast, this would have been terrible. I would have ripped my eyes out as Stafford, you know, coast his way. First playoff win ever, you know? I just, they didn't even, I barely even had to do anything. Arizona didn't belong. Now, Arizona wasn't one of the two teams that I said at the start just didn't belong here. I thought Arizona actually had a place here. I thought they were, they were worthy, even though the Lions beat them. I thought they were worthy of recognition in, uh, in the NFL playoffs. I, I wanted them to win in my, in my heart and soul that I think they could win this game. No. But I still picked them because I just couldn't afford my body and my mind and my spirit and my soul couldn't afford Stafford winning a playoff game. His first season, first season he comes to L.A. Oh, hey, look, he wins the division. Never did that in Detroit. Oh, hey, look, comes to L.A., wins a playoff game. Never did that in Detroit. Oh, looks like Detroit was the problem all along in Stafford's career. Oh, like, oh gosh, it's terrible. It's awful for me to watch as a Detroiter because everybody... He was like, oh, Stafford was the victim, and Kelly Stafford went through so much in Detroit, and now they get to be so much happier in L.A., and he gets to hang out with Clayton Kershaw, and they get to have dinner together, and they're best friends, and they're back out on the baseball diamond together like it's 1994. And it's just like, oh, man, please help. Please help. Detroit was a problem, yes, but we weren't the only problem. Stafford is partially to blame, and the more he wins, the more the narrative goes away. And if he wins again next week, I'm toast. Detroit's toast. This was the narrative. If Stafford goes at home against this Arizona team and puts out a stinker game and he loses, then the doubt can seep in. They can ask the questions. Was it really all Detroit's fault that Stafford failed? That he didn't win a playoff game? That he didn't win a division? Was it Detroit's fault? Or how much is Stafford partially to blame? And now, and now the narrative is in flames. Now can still be reconciled because they have an actual opponent next week with an actual coach and an actual quarterback. But man... That narrative, that Ram Stafford fixing beautiful marriage, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, oh, it was all perfect. It was all right there. The perfect storm in Arizona, all they had to do was just come in and shock the world. And they couldn't do it. And that's what I get.
I deserve that for picking a gnome to win a playoff game as quarterback of a professional football team. I deserve this. I deserve my fate, really. The fate, the fate just makes sense. Everything. I mean, Detroit is the reason Stafford never won a playoff game now. That's it. That's the end of the discussion. Nobody's going to have the conversation now. Because all he had to do was win one. Win one playoff game, and he did it in his first year, and he won the division. I can't do it. Arizona should be ashamed of themselves, really. They really should not. And, you know, they're, they're whispers. Everybody's going to whisper. But they really need to take a look at what and what keeps causing these late-season meltdowns because I don't remember anything like this, at least consistently. I mean, they consistently, and Cliff Kingsbury consistently manages the, just the collapses late in the season after week 10 or 11 or whatever it was. I mean, come on. How do you continue to collapse like that with such consistency? Oh, hey, look, we're 8-1. and one. Great. Oh, next thing we know, up 10-6. and six. What? When? How? Where? Why? D-hop or no D-hop? This is a recurring thing for Arizona, and it needs to be figured out immediately if they want to have any chance at achieving what everyone thought that they could achieve halfway through the season and, and what we thought they could achieve at the start of the season. Arizona should be a Super Bowl contender, but they're just not. And these late-season meltdowns, they're responsible. And who is responsible for the late-season meltdowns? That's the question that needs to be asked. Is it Cliff Kingsbury? Is it Kyler Murray? Is it COVID? Is it stamina? Is it D-Hop's freakish injury? What is it? What causes these meltdowns? And please just beat LA and end Stafford. I need help. Kyler Murray was as good of a quarterback as people thought he could be. Why did he look helpless without D-Hop on the field? And that's my other thing. Everyone's talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate halfway through the season. But how can he look that helpless without D-Hop? I mean, nobody is downgrading and discounting the strength and the talent that DeAndre Hopkins brings to any roster. He is top two or number one, arguably, receiver in the National Football League. That's who he is. But when you lose him as a professional quarterback, you can't look like that. There are still weapons on the team. There's still Christian Kirk. There's still James Conner. There are still places to go with the football. I mean, they have Zach Ertz on their team. There's There are places to go, and Kyler Murray just looked helpless. And credit to the L.A. defense. I'll give credit to the L.A. defense because it's not giving credit to Stafford. They played a great game. They It was schemed great. It was played and executed great. But the way that Kyler Murray looked is inexcusable. For a man who was an MVP candidate less than three months ago, that can't happen, and it shouldn't happen. And it's not just because it resulted in my city officially being buried as the reason that Stafford was a failure in Detroit. But I just it can't, it cannot happen that way. I, you know, I had my Cardinal jersey on. Really, I did. I was rooting for him hard. I had the Kyler Murray jersey on, and it was, uh, it was back in the closet by halftime. Never to be brought. Never to be brought out again. And you know, I can't help but think that I'm partially responsible for this. That my team is partially responsible for this. The Lions beat the Cardinals. Now the Lions, the Cardinals had already lost. They had already not looked good. But you thought, alright, the Lions are a get-right game for the Cardinals. The Lions killed them. Smashed them. Dismantled them. This first Lions game I watched when I was back home. They killed them. 
and Arizona didn't look right after that. They didn't look right the week before the Lions game, but after that Lions, you thought, okay, the Lions, they can redeem themselves. They get right, they figure it out against this garbage Lions team, they win by 20, and let's move on, and let's make our postseason push. And as soon as they got blasted by Detroit in Detroit, it was like, oh, uh-oh, they have a big problem here. Because they're losing, and they look terrible while they lose. They did not look good against the Lions, and they didn't look the same. The rest of the season, I can't help I can't help but think that I am partially responsible for what happened. And I am partially responsible for Detroit being the reason Stafford was a failure. And it's unfortunate. It's disgraceful, really. I'm going to have to voluntarily switch to a homeless lifestyle if the Rams win next week. I might just drop everything. If the Rams beat the Buccaneers next week and Stafford goes 35 for 42, 380 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, another quarterback sneak rushing touchdown, I I might lose my mind. I might just quit. I might quit everything. Leave college, leave school, move to Montana, find a job, work in a grocery store, live in an apartment for the rest of my days, and live it out. Just exist there in the mountains. I don't know. I, it's we're in. This is big time danger zone for me because if Stafford win that wins next week, there's going to be mayhem. There's there's more there's more on that in a second. I'll talk a little bit more about that when uh, when I get into the divisional round. But that's that's it with Rams Cardinals. It was just it was just tough for me to watch. That's number five. Number four. And and after I just also want to make this very clear. Five and six. Rams Cardinals and Patriots Bills were the only two games where I was in just genuine pain watching it those are the two games where i didn't i just did not have a pleasant viewing experience but uh four through four through one i actually i enjoyed watching i had a fun time watching the games and i was even though number four i have have some beef with I, i have a little bit of beef with all the games keep in the back of your head as you listen that four through one are kind of the best games and in the best of the best which was my favorite game to watch out of all the games that I actually enjoyed watching. So four, four, three, two, and one. I, I really enjoyed watching all these games. Just kind of having to put them in order of how much I enjoyed. So, so number four is going to be another blowout: Buccaneers Eagles. So I went into this game. I knew the Buccaneers are going to win. I had Buccaneers in my pick, but it was Tom Brady and I can't, you know, when Tom Brady wins, I lose, but I knew Tom Brady was going to win. There was nothing that was going to stop Tom Brady from winning this game. So it's, I'm not saying Tom Brady's overrated. I'm not like, Oh, Tom Brady's actually garbage. He had too much help. His defense were all good. Bill Belichick was secretly the guy. I get it. Tom Brady's a great quarterback. He's fantastic. He's the goat. I can't, I can't argue it. He's the goat, but I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm aching. I just want him to lose. I want it to be done. I want the saga to be over. It was like the sequel trilogy with Star Wars. Just be over. Just stop making the films in the trilogy. It's over. You've done everything you need to do. You don't need to prove anything else. Just stop. Just be done and leave and go away so we never have to see you again. But he's still here and he's still playing and he's still winning and I can't do anything about it. And I want to do something about it, but I can't because he gets to play the Eagles and Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and all these. Oh, they didn't have a chance. He had no reason to be there. The Eagles had no business being in the playoffs and Tom Brady gets a free win. He gets a free win and I can't handle it. I can't take it. I'm done. I'm done with Brady. I'm done with all of it because it's time for Michigan fans to realize where they come from. Why? 
they get this free pass. All Michigan fans get this free pass just because Brady was a Buccaneers. Oh, we hated Tom. Tom Brady was an average quarterback in Michigan. Average stats, yeah. Getting drafted in the sixth round, yeah, that's pretty good for him. Or seven or sixth round, whatever round it was. Six or seven, it was a sixth round. I don't care where he got drafted. He's still in Michigan, so it doesn't matter anyways. Ah, as Michigan fans, we get to root. We, you, get to root for Tom Brady wherever he goes. And as long as he is... As long as he's in the league, you get your little, you get your vacation. Ah, I don't need to root for the Lions. Lions, who are they? I root for Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, I don't. I don't root for Tom Brady. I root, I root, I root for good football. Unfortunately, Tom Brady is the result of a lot of good football. But he just got a freebie. I think everyone knows he got a freebie this game. Philadelphia had no business being there. They had no business being on the same field as New England. Or as New England. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's New England. It's Tampa Bay. They have reason to be on the same field as Tampa Bay. And I feel the same way about the Eagles as I do another team on this list that I'll get to in a second. No business in these playoffs. They both found their way in there. And the only reason I enjoyed this less than the rest of the games was because this victory came at the expense of having to watch Tom Brady win. If there was any other quarterback for Tampa Bay... It wouldn't have mattered. This game and the next game would have just been flip-flopped. It really, it would have been number three and, you know, number three A or B. or You know, you get what I'm saying, right? They would have been tied at number three. But the only reason this is lower than game number three is because Tom Brady won. I was Buccaneers all day in this game. And part of it was satisfying to watch Philadelphia get blasted back into the Stone Age the way they deserved. Because they didn't deserve to be there. And when a team doesn't deserve to be in a playoff, <clears throat> Cincinnati, and they get blasted to hell, it, it brings a smile to my face. It really does. Because Cincinnati had no business. Philadelphia had no business. And they both got blasted and they got what they deserved. It's just unfortunate for my end that A, one of them came at the expense of having to watch Bama bin. Bama win. Bama win. And B, the other one came at the expense of having to watch Brady win. But it's just the price you pay. It's the price you pay for happiness in sports. Sometimes you have to watch your enemy win. And uh, look, it's just that's just the way it works sometimes. And, and and Philadelphia got destroyed in every aspect, as they should have, because they were out. They they were out talented in every aspect: coaching, offense, defense, special teams. There was no phase of the game. Where Philadelphia looked looked competent, they stringed together a few stops in the second quarter when they were down seventeen nothing. But there was nothing that the offense could do. They were just outmanned. They were outgunned in every way. Similar to another team that was in a playoff matchup in college football a couple couple weeks ago. Was it three weeks ago on uh, New Year's Eve? Oh yeah, that'd be Cincinnati. Oh yeah, that'd also be Michigan because both of them had no business being on the same field as the other team that they played. Similar to the Eagles. I couldn't tell if the Eagles were wearing maize and blue or if they were playing in Nippert Stadium. Either way, they didn't deserve to be where they were, and they lost, and they got exposed for it. And I had to pay the price either way to watch all three of those garbage cans lose. It's just, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough sometimes. But, like I said, I, I did enjoy watching this game for, for that reason, because it was satisfying to watch a team in the playoffs that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs just get smacked. It was, it was good to see that, and this game would have been this game would have been a lot more enjoyable to watch if it wasn't Brady, but, uh, you know, every free playoff win for Brady takes another month off my lifespan at this point. It's, uh, it's just starting to get unbearable and unwatchable. Oh, another boring, oh, Brady won another playoff game. Yay. This game shouldn't even count as a playoff game, really, but it does. 
I mean, what happens when the bench warmer? Well, like think about it this way: What happens when the junior varsity bench warmer comes up to start on the varsity squad because everyone else got COVID? Oh no, the JV bench warmer gets smashed and demolished and pancaked and crushed. Oh, look at this! What a sh- what a surprise! In this case, the JV bench warmer—you guessed it—it's the entire city of Philadelphia. You showed up in a game you had no chance of winning. The five foot four, one hundred and eighteen pound freshman just got called up to play varsity against whatever the best team in the conference, whoever. And what do you think was gonna happen? Do you think he stood a chance? You think five four, one two, one twenty two pound Billy stood a chance guarding six three, two hundred and ten pound Jerry? No, there there was no there was no chance. There's no chance. And Philadelphia got exposed, but there's at least there's a future. At least there's a future, and this game sets up Buccaneers-Rams, and you know what? I'm going to have to root for Tom Brady one more time, and that's okay. I'll have to just live with that, and I'll take another month off my lifespan. So, I mean, just based on what I was talking about with number four, you can probably take an educated guess on what number three is. Number three, Steelers-Chiefs. This game was a fun one for me, really, because I hate Ben Roethlisberger, and it was good to see him lose. I really enjoyed watching this game. I really did. This is this is kind of the upper tier, right? I enjoyed... Number four, three, two, and one I all enjoyed. Number four I enjoyed, but it came at a price. All three of these I, I, I really just I enjoyed watching them because I was well for one of them I was wrong, but that price wasn't much to pay. There was no real emotional price to pay. There was a slight financial price to pay. But there was no emotional price to pay with these and, and you know, you know, emotions are worth more than money anyways. So with this game, Steelers Chiefs, Steelers didn't deserve to be here. And the similar with the Eagles, I wanted them to get punished. I wanted them to get smashed. I wanted Ben Roethlisberger to leave the NFL in a blaze of glory. And look what he did. He lost by what should have been more than 21 because the game wasn't even that close. Steelers didn't deserve to be there. Everyone knew and the entire world was on the Chiefs to win this game and really to cover the spread too. And while the Steelers hung with Kansas City, you know, Steelers scored first. They were winning. They were winning in the second quarter. You know, there was just something really satisfying about watching Kansas City manhandle the Steelers like that, despite how much the Steelers were winning. <laughs> Steelers were up 7 nothing. So, you know, good for them. Good for them to hang with it for a second. But but there was no chance. They had no chance of actually winning the game. There was no purpose. There was no opportunity for them to win the game. 42-21. The game wasn't even that close. And what a great kudos to Pittsburgh for hanging around for a quarter. I mean, seriously, just a round of applause for Pittsburgh. Seriously, it's a quarter and a half longer than the rest. Then it should have been, really. It's a quarter and a half longer than the last time the teams met, really. And watching Ben fail get blasted in his last game ever was a perfect way to end his career. You can't argue that. I want everyone's. Come on. If you were a Pittsburgh fan, you wanted Ben's career to end in shambles like this. It was, it was inevitable. It had to happen this way. And you know what? I'm glad that it did. And now we wait to see the next quarterback is in Pittsburgh. And now they can officially be met be bad. They can start their replay, and I'm ready to watch watch their, their rebuild. They can start their rebuild, and I'm ready for them to start their rebuild. And now Kansas City has fixed its issues and thrown right back into Super Bowl contention. And, you know, look, I get it. You weren't convinced. They lost to Cincinnati. I wasn't convinced either. I liked Cincinnati. I wanted them to win. Or not Cincinnati. Kansas City. I liked Kansas City. I wanted them to win. I was on the Kansas City Super Bowl hype train. I really was, and I liked, I like Mahomes because I feel bad for Mahomes and everything he goes through, this family. But I mean, look, it's 
it's just how it goes in sports sometimes. You you have to root for, and you like to root for kind of the the, the team that people are sleeping on a little bit. I th- I thought people were sleeping on the Chiefs really, to be honest with you. And, and despite the fact that they could have and should have had that that number one overall seed, right? Team like Buffalo and Kansas City, they're getting slept on right now, and it's uh, it's the it's the Buccaneers show or it's the Rams show, and. You know, what happened last time people were sleeping on the Chiefs and whatever it was, 2019, I think it was. You know, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. No, I mean, last year they went to the Super Bowl. They were slept on again in 2019. They ended up, you know, they ended up winning. I think I have my history right there. But, look, I like I like kind of a little bit of a sleeper team because the Chiefs looked bad. They looked really bad. Eight, seven, eight weeks into the season, they did not look good. They were bottom division. They were below 500. It was not looking good. And they just turned it around. And I appreciate that. And I respect that a lot. And I'm glad. That they got to they got to show and take out their wrath against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh deserved it and and this is you know Chiefs Chiefs welcome to the club moment right they're here they're officially back the Chiefs are back and they're ready to win the Super Bowl and they're ready to contend for it and I always thought I I had a feeling the Chiefs would figure out a way to turn the season around there's too there's too much talent there's too there's too much good coaching on the team and, and the defense still isn't great but it's better and it's improving and it's gotten better over the weeks which is why they keep winning and i i i just didn't see it happening to this magnitude like i thought i thought however long eight weeks into the season nine weeks i was like man hope i just hope they can turn around at least get to the wild card now they win their division they got their home playoff game that they won and and it's it's good it's good now you get another home playoff game and it's I, the magnitude to which they turn their season around is, is crazy and it's impressive and it's worthy of recognition. And now it sets up Bill's Chiefs, which should be the best game next weekend. And, you know, that's kind of a preview to what's going to be talked about next. But yeah, I mean, in a game, in a game where the team I wanted to lose lost and the team that I want to see get blown out gets blown out and results in a good game next week, how can you not be on board? Number two, is it going to be Cowboys Niners? Or is it going to be Raiders, Bengals? Which one is going to be number two? Is it going to be the Cowboys losing, which is good because when the Cowboys lose, America wins? Or is it going to be Cincinnati winning their first playoff game in 31 years, or 30, 32, 31, however many years? A long time, a really long time, long before I was born. Number two, Cowboys Niners. The only reason this is number two, I had the Cowboys. Guilty as charged. Everybody was on San Francisco. I just wasn't, I, I wasn't willing to take the underdog here. I wasn't willing to take everyone's favorite underdog. I just, I couldn't do it. There was just something weird about it. I was like, look, everybody's taking San Francisco. It's the trendy underdog pick. It just, it just doesn't sit right with me when I see everyone. Oh yeah, San Francisco's going to win on the road in a playoff game in Dallas. It just didn't sit right with me, and, and and it was a great game. It really was, and I had a ton of fun watching this game. I this this game was the loudest I got, really. But you know, this came it came at a financial price for me. You know, it, it's just it's not it's not good. It's not good when that happens to a team that you pick to win. But this this was this was my second favorite game to watch. The drama. This is this game is everything you expect out of a playoff game. This is everything you expect. At a wild card weekend, this is what makes wild card weekend so great. And objectively, this was the best game of the weekend. It was. I, I'm not sure if there's really much of an argument there because Raiders Bengals came down. Well, I guess Raiders Bengals kind of came down to the last play. But if if Carr doesn't throw the interception there, they at least get one or two more plays, right? 
Dallas, this game came down to the final play. And, uh, you know, it's just, this game didn't have the story that Raiders Bengals did. There wasn't, there wasn't the, the chance for Cincinnati to, or for any of the, either of these teams to snap this massive playoff losing streak. And as a Lions fan, I sympathize with that because, because seeing the Bengals win, it made me feel like I was rooting for the Lions. It made me think, oh, the Lions are winning. It's not that I, I just, the more I watch Cincinnati, the more I fast forward two years into the future and I see I see this happening in Honolulu blue jerseys where Ford Field is filled up and everybody's going, oh, yeah, look, we just won our first playoff game in 30 years. At least just get there. I just want to get there first, but we're rooting for Cincinnati. I, I couldn't help but feel like I was rooting for the Lions. I really, That's really how it felt watching this game. And Someone can make a movie about the season for the Bengals and the Raiders if they wanted to. Nobody's going to make a movie about the 2021 Cowboys or Niners, and that's what it came down for me, really. It was, who who can make a movie about the teams this season? What what matchup was the most entertaining to watch because of what the two teams in the matchup went through prior to getting to this moment? The Bengals and the Raiders had been through a ton before getting to this moment. Cowboys Niners it just wasn't it wasn't there the story wasn't there was it a big was it a huge game yes was it an entertaining game yes was is there history between these two teams in the playoff yes but there wasn't a story there wasn't a story with this game and I love when sports and stories combine now there will be stories after this game but prior to the start of the game and as the game is going on I'm not thinking of the narrative that the result of this game is going to carry for either of these teams or anything that I personally relate with. With Raiders, Bengals, I personally related with the Bengals not being in the playoffs for 30 years or not winning a playoff game in 30 years. With the Raiders, I, I'm not going to say I relate with what the Raiders are going through this year because that would probably put me in jail for a very long time. But... I do respect and I understand going through trials and tribulations and, and just complicated issues and finding a way to regroup, come together as a team, as a group of guys, as a squad, in making it to the playoffs, winning in a win or go home or win, win or tie or go home situation, and then getting to the playoffs and playing Cincinnati. I mean, if the rate, it, it's tough too. Because if the Raiders win, they're such a villain. They're such a villain, and they didn't deserve to be a villain. Because the Raiders have been through so much this season. If they win, what a great story that is. Especially is uh, uh, Rich. Oh my God, Rich Pisaccia, Rich Pisaccia, whatever his last name is. I mean, that what a great story. Interim head coach, special teams guy. He comes in and takes over the interim job from a racist, and then they. <laughs> And then they win, and then they go to the playoff game, and then they win a playoff, and then get pegged as the villain because they knocked out a team who hadn't won in 30 years on their home field. I mean, that's just, it's it's so, it's such a great sports story. And they can make a, they can make movie about Cowboys-Niners game. They can make movie about the Raiders season, movie about the Bengals season, movie about the putrid Bengals history, and then make a movie about this game and what it means for Bengal fans everywhere. This is just, it was such, such a big game for Cincinnati and such a huge and important and impactful win for them. And, and 
Niner the the Niner Cowboy game was super fun to watch because Debo Samuel. Seriously, Debo Samuel's a freak. Now I I'm guilty. I knew Debo Samuel was good. I knew that he could make plays. I'd watched a couple Niner games like, wow, this guy is really good. But I wasn't fully indoctrinated into everything that he can do for this team. And when I saw the role that Debo Samuel plays for the San Francisco team, I I mean, I was shocked. One right receiver can do all of that for an NFL team. That's unbelievable. And it's crazy to see the impact that Debo Samuel, you see the offense and the differences, offense and defense, when Debo Samuel is and isn't on the field for San Francisco. Every time Debo Samuel touches the grass for San Francisco, it is just, I'm locked in. Because you just know he's going to do something. or has the capability to do something. That touchdown run, yeah, he went fast. You see how fast he went in that one touchdown run. It's crazy. He's like, oh, he's trapped in the backfield. Oh, no. He's just going to go outside and split two defenders and break through the second level. I mean, what? how does that happen? That's just freak athleticism. And it's just Debo Samuel so fun to watch. And Jimmy G is hot. And it's just, it's it's all so amazing watching the Niners beat the Cowboys. by the Cowboys winning because I just wasn't comfortable picking the Niners. But you know what? The Niners are now my chance at the Packers losing. The Niners are my chance to get Rodgers out of the NFC North and give the Lions a crown next year. Because if the Niners just, if the Niners can win, if they can beat the Packers and not even give Aaron Rodgers a shot to play in the Super Bowl, I am going to be ready to roll with my Lions 2023, 2022, 2023 NFC champion, NFC North champion t-shirt. I'm going to be ready to move and buy those and pre-produce them early before it even happens because they deserve it because the Lions deserve it just like the Bengals deserved it and now Dallas is going to have to deal with a fallout and I think I really I think Kellen Moore's job opening opportunities are going to be slightly uh how should I how should I put this uh downgraded potentially I think Kellen Moore is going to find a little bit tougher job getting a job as a head coach now just just a little bit just a little bit. I think he'll still get put on somewhere. But that call, that run play, that was disgraceful. That's got to be one of the worst things I've ever seen in the playoffs. Seriously, I can't think of a worse play other than other than Seattle, right? We don't need to mention that because then the Lions hired that offensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator. We don't need to mention that. But, uh, I mean, th- th- even if, even if it works, even if, he slides, and they get to run an extra play. Come on. Come on. That's not the right move. Even if it works, even if they have one second left, they score a touchdown on the last play of the game, that play cannot be called in any scenario. It's just, it's, it's football malpractice. If that, I don't know if that, I guess that's probably the right word, right? You can't do that. That cannot happen. With 12 seconds left, clock running, no timeouts in the middle of the field. What are you doing? If you run that play, you run it as a pass play so that your receiver can catch the ball, go down immediately, give the ball to the ref, and then the ref gets to spot the ball. You don't give the ball right to your lineman, set it down, and then go. That that can't happen. That's a terrible play call. It was even – it was it – was, you know, I'm not going to say the execution was worse, but I mean, 
And Prescott has to know. He has to have a be looking at the score and say, I need to be down with at least 10 seconds left. He snapped the ball with like 14 seconds left. The most he gets there is maybe is maybe 15 yards. He got 17. You got to go there. You got to make sure you at least have a chance to get a shot at the end zone. The whole purpose of that drive for Dallas starting, starting that drive, the entire purpose is even if it's a Hail Mary with one second left, the entire goal of that drive is to get one shot at the end zone. And that play call and that execution nullified it entirely because they didn't even get a shot at the end zone. Not a single chance to score six points. And like I said, it's one thing if it's a Hail Mary, but at least it's a chance. At least there's a chance that Prescott heaves it in the end zone and Dalton Schultz comes down and grabs it in the Cowboys win the game. They didn't even get the ball into the end zone on a pass attempt or a run attempt or a lateral. Nothing. There was no opportunity for them to score a touchdown on that drive. That's on Kellen Moore. That's on Mike McCarthy. And it's on Dak Prescott. And everyone's to blame. It's not the refs. The refs didn't screw the game for Dallas. The refs won the game for Dallas in 2014. They didn't screw for him here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Lions are responsible in 2014, too. It wasn't just the refs. It was the Lions, too. They didn't score for three quarters. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm a homer. I'm a homer. That's just who I am. And that's, you know, that's the combined. That's the combined number two and number one. It's all kind of meshed together. And Joe, Joey Schmoney. Joey Schmoney is, is now my favorite quarterback in the playoffs after Mac Jones' unfortunate departure. How can you not love Joey Schmoney and his cigars, his glasses, his outfits, his, his effort? Jamar Chase is down there somewhere, throws the ball. It's like, how, how can you not love this guy? I, I hate that he's from Ohio, too, because it's just, man, I, I, I always think to myself, you know, there isn't much good that comes out of Ohio other than Cedar Point, but you know what? I'm okay adding Joe Burrow to that list. It just pains me because of how cool he is. So now, now there are officially two good things to come out of Ohio, and that would be Cedar Point and Joe Burrow. Joey Schmoney, B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X, Burrow. That is how you spell Burrow. B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X, Burrow. So I, I, it's, you gotta love Joey Schmoney, baby. Joey Schmoney! And it's just, and now, and now I get to root for the Bengals. And Bengals Titans next week now, and it's, it's just, uh, Raiders lost. The Raiders deserve to lose, but it's tough because they came a long way. They really did. They've dealt with a lot of struggle, and to have an end on the last play of the game like that with an interception for a guy that doesn't deserve, does he deserve fault? I, I should rephrase. Does he deserve some fault? Yes. Did he play the perfect game? No. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But it just hurts when I see people. Derek Carr is the issue. Derek Carr is the issue. Derek Carr holds the team back. Derek Carr kept this team glued together with his leadership. Think of whatever you want of his talent on the football team. And I think he's an above average NFL quarterback. Is he top 10? Probably not. But is he top 20? Yeah. But in terms of leadership, he kept a locker room in shambles together. He kept it glued together. Without Derek Carr, this team falls apart. They're, they don't even find themselves in the position that they were in. And they deserve to be there. So did the Chargers, but the Chargers went and 
got all charged up, and they did what the Chargers always do, and they lost, and they screwed it all up for everybody, because that put Pittsburgh in the playoff. Stupid Chargers, man, but it's just, you know, the Raiders, I feel, I feel bad that the Cincinnati victory had to come at the Raiders' loss, but that's just the brutality of sports. That's the brutality of sports sometimes, and it's, and it's just the way, it's just the way the dice lands, really. I do have, I do have a soft spot in my heart now a little bit for the Raiders because of everything that they went to. And I, you know, if I, if I do get a Raider jersey, cause I, I drew, I'm a jersey collector. I like to collect jerseys. My goal eventually is to have one jersey from every team in the NFL. And, uh, right now I don't have a Raider jersey. And, you know, I'm going to wait. Maybe Derek Carr gets dealt somewhere else or he, or he quits or he retires like Andrew Luck does. And not, I, Andrew Luck didn't quit. He left. He retired. If, you know, if something happens and Derek Carr is not on the Raiders anymore and that jersey goes on sale, because I'm not going to pay full price for a Raiders jersey. That's crazy. Why would I ever do that? But if something happens and a Derek Carr jersey goes on sale, I, I'd buy it. Really. I would. I like I like Derek Carr as a, as a player, and I think as long as Derek Carr is on the Raiders, I can root for the Raiders. Really, I can, despite the fact that they moved to Vegas and left their home and left other fans that love them dearly and moved to a place where there's no business being an NFL team and there's just no passion for the Raiders in Vegas. The black hole isn't the black hole anymore. You know, Allegiant Stadium, the new black hole. Uh, the black hole was always in Oakland. It's going to stay in Oakland. But, you know, despite despite that fact, I can still root for the Raiders. I can still accept their existence. And I, and I like... I like what the Raiders did this year. The the not felons. I like what the non criminally, you know, Raiders did. I like what the 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 not, you know, convicted felons of the Raiders did this year. But uh yeah, that 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 that's it. That's it. Really. That's it for the wild card weekend. Raider fans can go down to Knight's Steakhouse in downtown Ann Arbor and cry how the refs screwed him out of the game with the errant whistle. That's fine. But just like what happened in the Michigan-Michigan State game, your whistle happened in the second quarter, their whistle happened in the second quarter. It resulted in other points for one team, and then it resulted in no points for your team, right? There's the Raider whistle resulted in points for the Bengals, and then the whistle for, or the, you know, the call, the whistle, whatever. It resulted in no points for Michigan. Well, maybe it should have been points for Michigan. Oh, well, you still had more than a half to recover and make up for the issue, and you didn't. Kenneth Walker scored five touchdowns, and you couldn't stop Joey Schmoney. And when it came down to it, your quarterback did make a bad decision, and he threw an interception. That's what it comes down to. You want to blame the refs? That's fine. Blame the refs. They got it wrong. They'll come out with their apology. It's not going to change the fact that you lost. So I can't really, I can't really help you there. But I do know a couple places in Ann Arbor where you can go and you can cry about the refs, and every Ann Arbor fan will greet you happily because they love when people complain about the refs and when they talk about how refs are the only reason you lost, not the fact that you gave up five rushing touchdowns to a Heisman candidate running back that never got an invite to New York. The divisional round, the divisional round, these games for a right to go to the AFC and NFC championships, for a right to play in the game that can send you to the Super Bowl. What am I most excited for? What am I least excited for in the divisional round? The game I am least excited for in the divisional round, you might already be able to guess it. Number four, Rams Buccaneers. Can't happen. This game, I lose. I can't win with this game. I lose either way. That's why it's the worst on the list. Because when I can't win, that means I'm not having fun. Because I like winning. And I'm not going to have fun watching this game. 
This game should be the second best game of the weekend in terms of how close it is, in terms of the talent on each squad. But as a Lions fan who wants to watch their team get a higher draft pick and not watch the media bury Detroit in a six foot three, two hundred thirty pound coffin, when Stafford loses, Detroit wins. It is that simple. The more Matthew Stafford wins, the worse our draft pick is, and the more Detroit is pegged as the sole problem in Stafford's career which has been talked about earlier on this show and is a recurring theme the more the Rams win in the postseason. And I cannot buy it because I can't. I can't afford it. The draft capital, it's too much. And, oh, yeah, the narrative that my city is a crap hole. That kind of hurts, too. But, you know, it's just it's just tough watching the media bury my city. Really, it's tough to watch. Six foot three, 230-pound coffin. Matthew Stafford with, with, the, with the words... Stafford wasn't the problem on it, and it's just, you know, it's Ford Field buried in the ground. No, nothing. That's just the way it rolls sometimes. That's sports. It's already bad enough with Stafford leaving Detroit, and then the next season he wins the division in his first playoff game ever. But if he goes to the national championship, and then, God forbid, the Super Bowl, right? If he wins his division around and then goes to the NFC championship, and oh my gosh, if he wins again and goes to the Super Bowl, they will never stop talking about Detroit. The words, the harassment, it'll never stop. It'll never stop. No matter what happens with Dan Campbell, really, to be honest. I mean, even if even if the Lions go and win next season, they win the division, they win eight games, whatever happens, even with Dan Campbell's hopeful success, they'll never stop talking about how Detroit was the problem. It was only Detroit. Stafford had. There was no blame on Stafford. No blame. This game is this game is the last chance for there to be any lingering doubt that Detroit wasn't the only problem with Stafford. If he wins this game, Detroit is the problem. Detroit was the problem, will be etched on his gravestone. It cannot happen. I cannot let my city go up in shambles because they were the problem with their quarterback, because they were the reason that Stafford failed, because it was them. Stafford has, there's no blame on Stafford. As long as there's doubt, as long as there's conversation that Stafford could have had some potential blame for not winning a playoff game, for never winning the division, as long as there can be conversation and doubt about who's to blame, I'm winning. My city is winning. But if he beats the Buccaneers, if he beats Brady again, if he beats Brady twice in the same season in the second game for a right to go to the NFC Championship, it's over. I lose. My city loses. The stakes for this game are huge. And it comes at the cost, again, of having to watch Brady win. But it's a price I'm willing to pay. And it's going to be a tough price to pay. But I'm willing to pay it. Because I need my city to stay as not the problem, not the only problem. I can't have it stay like this. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my city. There's loyalty there. And I, and I, it's this old, it's this old school loyalty. It's not, it's just, I, I love my town. I love going there. And, and, and I don't like false narratives. I don't like when people lie. I don't like when people don't look at the facts. And the facts are that Detroit wasn't the only keyword 
only problem. Were they a problem? Yes. Were they the only problem? No, they weren't. Who re-signed the contract? Stafford did. He chose to stay. He could have left. He didn't because he wanted to stay and he wanted money. But he could have gotten money anywhere else. Everyone seems to forget the fact that he wasn't forced to sign the contract. He wasn't held hostage in Detroit. He chose to stay. He chose to pick up the pen, write down on the paper, yes, I will sign this extension and I will stay in town and play for the trash heap known as Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. I will. Please, they need to lose. And even even with the loss, conversations will still happen. Oh, Stafford in his first year wins the division with the Rams in the playoff game, something he can never do in Detroit. But at least the conversations will still be there if he loses, if he gets blown out by the Buccaneers. At least people can talk. Well, hey, I mean, they did it against a garbage Cardinals team. The division ended up not being as good. Arizona collapsed. Seattle was terrible. And Frisco started off too bad and dealt with too many injuries. The NFC West was right there. Easy pickings. And Stafford was just a beneficiary of it. At least there can be conversations. But if they beat the Buccaneers, the conversations will be silenced. And my city will be toast. And I can't let that happen. Number three, Titans-Bengals. This is this game is going to be called, in my opinion, this is going to be the AFC runner-up bowl. The winner of this game gets the honor of getting smacked by either the Chiefs or the Bills. Hey, congratulations, you beat the Titans. Or, hey, congratulations, you beat the Bengals. You get to go to the AFC Championship. Oh, great. Next thing you know, oh, we're down 28-6 at halftime against the Bills. Or, oh, we're down, we're down 17 nothing at halftime against the Chiefs. Uh-oh. So, I, you know, Joe Burrow being in this game. Joey Schmoney. Joey Schmoney being around automatically makes makes this game exciting to watch, right? So so outside of Rams Buccaneers, these three games, I'm genuinely excited to watch. I'm not excited to watch Rams Buccaneers because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sweating bullets. This is gonna be not good. I'm gonna be stressed. I'm gonna be confused. I'm gonna be sweating. I'm gonna be angry. Titans Bengals. I'll be fine. I'll be fine watching the game, even if Joey Schmoney loses. I'm okay with that, right? Derrick Henry's potential return to the Titans too. It's a big one. I'm excited to see how he does. Now, he betrayed me because he got hurt, and my fantasy season went up in flames after that happened. I was, whatever, I was like 6-2 and two or whatever, and then I finished. I snuck my way into the playoffs, kind of like how Pittsburgh did, and I got, got demolished because I really didn't have a team. I just won enough games earlier in the season to, to get my team to the playoffs, and then I went and you know, I still ended up finishing like fifth or sixth in the league out of 12. Still middle of the pack team when I'm a, when I'm a, a much better than a middle of the pack fantasy owner. I deserve better. But you know, it's right. Everybody breaks their foot every now and then. That's just how it goes. That's sports, like I said. That's sports. But you know, I'm, I'm and I'm also Derrick Henry isn't confirmed to play. But as of Tuesday, now I'm recording this on a Wednesday. He's practicing with full contact. He's ready to practice full contact. So that news is going to develop. But right now, I'm going to look at this game as if he is playing, as if he will be there, and. And really, can Cincinnati go from not winning a playoff game in 30 years to winning two in the same season? That's an interesting storyline to look at. Everyone is sleeping on Tennessee. Everyone is regarding them as the most underwhelming one seed in recent memory. And is there truth to that? Yes, I think there is. But can Tennessee make a statement, or do they prove the masses right? This is a big game for Tennessee. 
because they managed to get into the one seed, managed to sneak their way into the one seed with Derrick Henry, with Derrick Henry injured. And, and it took Kansas City losing to Cincinnati. Ten, it's funny, Tennessee has Cincinnati to thank for giving them the number one seed. And, and as a thank you, Cincinnati plays Tennessee in week two of the playoffs. Like, oh, good job. You beat Kansas City. Now we get the number one seed. Oh, two weeks later, we're playing you. <laughs> thanks for beating Cincinnati. Well, or thanks for, yeah, thanks for beating Kansas City. And now, oh, we have to beat you now to go to the AFC Championship. Oops, my bad. So it's just, I don't know, it's kind of funny. It's some weird little twisted irony, right? Did they prove the masses right? And I think, you know, Mike Vrabel's defense versus that Zach Taylor's offense is going to be a great thing to see. I'm not going to say Mike Vrabel's a rising young star in the NFL coaching coaching circle because he's been around for a while now, and Mike Mike Vrabel's known for his defenses. But Zach Taylor is a young rising star in the NFL coaching circle. He's an offenses-minded guy, quarterback coach. He knows offense. He is responsible for the creation and manifestation of Joe Burrow's NFL success, right? He and Joe Burrow are tied together. Joey Schmoney is not Joey Schmoney without Zach Taylor, and Zach Taylor is not Zach Taylor without Joey Schmoney executing his plays the right way. So it and the rest of his offense, and, and Jamar Chase is a superstar. So there's you know there's a lot to watch here, and there's a lot to like. It's just the reason that. This game isn't higher is because I don't see either of these teams going further than than after next week. Whichever one wins, I don't see either team winning the AFC Championship. I think if any of them had a chance, it would be Tennessee just because of of Derrick Henry's talent and what he can bring. But Tennessee would have to Tennessee would have to destroy Cincinnati. It'd have to be 38-10, 38-14, 38-17. It'd have to be one of those games where oh, it's a two it's a 17-point win, but it wasn't that close. That would be the type of game that this has to be for me to even think Tennessee has a chance of beating Kansas City or Buffalo, depending on how they look next week. Number two, Packers, Niners. So that means number one is Bills, Chiefs. But uh, so number two, I'm excited for because the Aaron Rodgers MVP saga continues, and now the 49ers get the challenge. And there's a lot of history here with this game. You know, the 49ers, Packers always seem to find a way to meet each other in the playoffs. And, and now the Niners get their last second win in Dallas where the Cowboys are just as responsible for the Niners winning the game as the Niners were, how does how does San Francisco react? How does it move on? Because this is like what Dallas did is is you do not see that. That's almost once in a, that's a once in a lifetime way to win a game if you're San Francisco. How do how do you move on? How do you continue to stay focused? Because that's the type of game with an ending you're like we just won the Super Bowl. In, in a game like that, the way it ended, all the fans, everything else, the reaction, the, the, the aftermath, that's a, that's a type of game and a type of ending that you expect from a Final Four, from a national championship, from a Game 6 to win, or a Game 7, or, you know, right to force a Game 7. How do you react? How do you move on? How do you continue the success if you're San Francisco? Because if San Francisco wins, if they beat Green Bay... The Lions win the division next year because Aaron Rodgers will not come to Green Bay if he loses in the NFC Divisional. That will put the NFC North in flames. Aaron Rodgers is the only barrier protecting the... It's the only thing blocking the Lions. There's one barrier. There's one barrier left, and the zombie is going to go like in COD, right? There's six There's six barriers, and the zombie rips down the barriers, and he go, and he leaps through. The lions are that zombie, and there's one barrier, and the and 
there's another zombie with the lions. The lion zombie is frozen in time, just because he's frozen in time. But the niner zombie is still moving. And if the niner zombie can can take down the board, can take down that last barrier that is Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and then get shot in the head next week by whoever they play in the NFC Championship, the Lions can vault through that barrier and get through and conquer the beast and win the NFC North. We're so close. We're so close. And it's one game. It's one game, Lions fans. It's one game. It's Niners-Packers. And if the Niners win, we win. We all win. You win. And this this is why. This is why I'm excited now. It's not, it's not number one because there's a lot of circumstance. There's a lot of other things that need to happen. But I am going to be looking at this game for much bigger, much bigger reasons than just who goes to the NFC Championship. I'm looking at this game as who wins the NFC North next season. Right? And even then, even if the Packers win, they can still lose in the NFC Championship, and I'd have a nice feeling. I'd have a really nice feeling of Aaron Rodgers not returning to Green Bay. Now, if Green Bay goes to the Super Bowl, that's going to be a different discussion. But right now, right now, if they can win, if the Niners can win, I would be very confident that Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, Lions, 2022, NFC North champions. So, with the future out of the way, I hate Green Bay. That's also why. It's fun to root for to root against a team that you hate. I don't like Green Bay. However, I do know a good matchup when I see one. I think this game would be a great matchup. San Francisco riding high. Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy G just keeps on proving why Dollar Shave Club is the way to go, boys. It's the way to go. It's always going to be the way to go. Two of the best young coaches in the NFL, really, coaching against each other for the right to play the Buccaneers after they smash the Rams by 40, hopefully. Green Bay as a leading MVP candidate, and San Francisco as a quarterback who might not even be there next season, despite the despite the success that he has taken San Francisco to this season, with a little bit of help from Trey Lance, because Jimmy G was out for a minute. But it seems like the future of San Francisco is, is Trey Lance, but yet Jimmy Garoppolo has them, well, Dak Prescott too, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the one taking snaps, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the one playing the one quarterback playing for the Niners in the playoffs and is the one playing in the divisional round. And he might not even be there next season. It's just, it's two drastically different situations. A team that you feel like is on the verge of potentially just tearing it all down and going full-scale rebuild, and then another team, you know, that could lose their quarterback, and then another team that they feel like they're just they're just now getting started. They're just now preparing for their future and hope trying to build a dynasty, depending on Trey Lance shapes out or what they even do with Garoppolo. So it's very, it's just very interesting. And then every game, like I said earlier, I mean, every game with Debo Samuel in it now, it's just automatically elevated as he is the most entertaining player to watch in the NFL right now. And San Francisco really is, he just makes San Francisco so much more fun to watch because yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is beautiful. We all love him. He looks amazing. He shaves. He has a great haircut. He throws spirals. He's a very just beautiful, well-polished gentleman. But Debo Samuel is amazing. He is fantastic. He is football gold for anyone watching football. And he deserves his chance in the spotlight. And the farther France, San Francisco goes, the more people get the opportunity to watch Debo Samuel. And it works. And it makes sense. So, with that said, 
San Francisco, if they win, they have to hope the temperatures, for the love of God, stay above 20 degrees. And the chances of that right now are iffy. High temperature in Green Bay for Saturday, 22 degrees, snow showers possible. There's a lot of time for that forecast to change. But given the 30 below zero wind chills right now where I am, it's looking a little shaky. But Green Bay is a little farther south, a little further east than North Dakota, slightly. But, you know, everything right now is seeming to favor Green Bay, but I can only hope that Frisco can pull something out of a hat. Green Bay is more rested. Green Bay has the better quarterback. Green Bay has home field advantage. But San Francisco always seems to find a way to have a trick up their sleeve, and every time that these teams meet in the playoffs, it's always an instant classic. Really, it is. And and I'm ready. I'm ready for another instant classic because I feel like this one. I feel like this one has that capability, has that potential. Number one, Bills Chiefs. I mean, how can you not be excited? These are the two best teams left right now, really, because just just based off what we saw in the wild card, we don't know what the number one seeds are going to look like. Just based on the wild card. The Bills and the Chiefs are the best teams left. Just based on the wild card, I'm not saying... Okay, I got you know what? Uh, they are the best teams left. I think they are, really. Because the Lions beat Green Bay in Week 17. Oh, the game didn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, everyone said after halftime. They were losing at halftime, guys. They were still losing. Kansas City and Buffalo looked almost unbeatable in their games. Almost unbeatable. Kansas City was shaky for a minute, but they figured it out. Once they figured it out, they didn't let go. Right? The Kansas City looked unbeatable for two and a half quarters. Buffalo looked unbeatable for four whole quarters. All right, so I'm excited for this game. The, the winner of this game, I think, has to be a, my pick for the Super Bowl, really. I, I, I've been on the Kansas City bandwagon. I like them to win it, even after what happened in Cincinnati. I always thought Kansas City was going to figure out they did. I'm glad I was right, and, I, and I'm, all, I'm all Kansas City for the Super Bowl. The way Buffalo played against New England just elevated this game to another level for me, really. If Buffalo would have just snuck by New England, it would it really would have been Packers-Niners in this spot. But the way Buffalo elevated their play, the way Buffalo made it look like they could be Super Bowl contenders, made this game so much bigger for me. Because this is this this game is the divisional round, but it feels like it should be the AFC Championship. It's gonna have that feel, and that's why this is number. This is the only game where it feels like this should be played in in the next round, in one round later. This game is the only game of the weekend that feels like it should be played for the right to go to the Super Bowl. The winner of this game should go to the Super Bowl, in my opinion, which is why this game has to be number one. I, I think if the the Niners beat the Packers, I it's well, it'd be an NFC West NFC Championship, which would be funny if the Rams were to beat the Buccaneers. But I don't think the winner of Rams-Buccaneers has the right to go to Super Bowl. I'm not sure if the winner of Packers-Niners has the right to go to Super Bowl. Because just follow my logic here, right? If if the Niners were to, just right now, do the Packers deserve to be in the Super Bowl? In my opinion, no. Do the Niners deserve to be in the Super Bowl? No. Do the Rams deserve to be in the Super Bowl? No. Matthew Stafford's their quarterback. Do the Buccaneers deserve to be in the Super Bowl? Potentially, because of their quarterback. But again, they're missing so many pieces in Tampa Bay. I just don't see it. But the Bills and the Chiefs, I can make an argument right now that either of these teams deserve to just be skyrocketed right to the Super Bowl. Because they both deserve it. The way they played, borderline unbeatable. And that's why the game finds itself at number one, in my opinion. The team looked like two best teams left in the playoff. 
Watching them face each other in the divisional is a blessing and a curse, like I said, because one of these teams will not be in the AFC Championship, and either the Titans or the Bengals will. And I think both of these teams are obviously better than the Bengals, and I just don't trust Tennessee in this type of position. All right, so two of the best two quarterbacks are playing in this game. The most dynamic offenses are playing in this game. It's just, there's just a lot to like. How will the defenses impact the game, though, is the key, really. And, and oh, hot take, whoever plays better defense is going to win the game. Well, uh, yeah, duh. That's kind of how it works. But in a game where the offenses have so much firepower and so much capability to throw for 450 yards a game, 600 total yards of offense, 45 points, who gets the most stops? Who gets a turnover in a key spot? Who overcomes more? Who gets the ball first? Who gets the ball first, then goes down, scores seven points, and then how does the other team respond to that? Who is the toughest? Who's the fastest? Who scores the most points? Whoever scores the most points wins the game. What a what a genius take that was. What a genius opinion. Whoever scores the most points wins the game. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it works. That's kind of how football works. But I think it makes sense, right? Because what defense is going to make the most stops? Somebody's going to have to force a turnover. Somebody's going to have to intercept either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Somebody on the defensive side of the ball is going to have to make a play for one of these teams. And right now, Buffalo's more equipped, in my opinion, which I think is why Buff- I, it's why I would pick Buffalo to win, despite how much I like Kansas City and want them to be in the Super Bowl and how much I have picked them to be in the Super Bowl. But if I just had to look, take all emotions out, take all comeback story things out, if I just had to look, I won, yes, home field advantage taken into account with Kansas City. But I have to look and say what defense, in my opinion, is better equipped to make more plays. And in my opinion, that's Buffalo, which is why I would give Buffalo the edge in this game. It's super great. This game reminds me a lot of the Michigan State-Duke game in the Elite Eight a couple years ago when it was Cassius Winston against uh, against Zion Williamson. That game was in the Elite Eight, and of course Michigan State won. But uh, that game got played in the Elite Eight, and that game should have been played in the Final Four. That was a Final Four caliber game, and you know the loser the loser sat out, and the winner went on to play in the Final Four instead of the national championship. But uh, you know, then Michigan State lost the next game. I, you know, that was, that was a good time in life, really. March 2019, that was a, that was a good time. March, April 2019, that was a very, there were a lot of highlights in my life then. That was very, Michigan State Duke wasn't even, wasn't even the best part. But it was, yeah, that was, that was a good time, really, it was. But, and I expect something similar with Bill's Chiefs, I really do. I think this game, this game is a huge game. I think it's the best game of the weekend. It makes sense. That's the last game played. It's Sunday. It's the last game being played Sunday. Sunday, 5.30. Well, 6.30 Eastern time. 5.30, my time. It's uh, it's just it's a good game. It's going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be great football. This is why this is why you watch the playoffs. This is why you tune in. This is why the TV stays on eight hours straight on a terrible 40-degree wind chill weekend in the middle of January. North Dakota. This is why. This is why we do it. This is why everyone does it. This is why people that want to get into the field that I get into do it. Because you get to talk about this stuff, you get to analyze this stuff, you get to break it down. You know, hopefully, hopefully, there's there's going to be a time where I'm you know making money to do this. I mean, it's not it's not the goal of this show. The goal of this show isn't to make money. But one day, I mean, hey, career wise, hopefully, it, hopefully it happens like that. Hopefully, hopefully, I get to write down 
my sheets. Hopefully, I get to get in front of a mic, behind a mic, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully, I just get to do it for a career. Hopefully, I get to do this you know, for a long time because there's going to be games like this every year. And I don't know what, what it would be like for me if I wasn't sitting down talking about it with people, if I wasn't breaking down matchups. I just don't know. I just don't know how, any, how it would look. And this is this is such a great weekend for football. This is such a great weekend for sports in general, really. And, uh, you know, it's college basketball is heating up. The NFL's been heated up. It's full. It's in full heat now. The oven is off preheat. We are in convection bake. We are on speed bake. We are going. All right. So, I mean, look, it's, uh, you know, this is it. This is it. Winners, winners go to the AFC championship and then the NFC championship and they move on from there and, and they see who wins. So, no, that's it. That's the, that's the recap. That's the preview. That's about. That's about what I got, and I, I don't try to make every show an hour and a half, but it just seems like I always end up talking for I'm not like, oh, hey, let's talk for an hour and a half again. I don't set myself on time limits. I don't do this. I have to talk for this long, but I can't talk past this amount of time. It just kind of happens like that. So I guess I just kind of found a sweet spot in an hour and a half. I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, hour and a, <laughs> hour and a half's it, boys. Thanks for thanks for listening again. I appreciate all the all the support, really. I do. I do. I made a joke earlier. Oh, everyone's blown up my DMs. Not true. Nobody's blown up my DMs. I've gotten texts. I've gotten people say, you know, where's the show? Are you? Did you quit? Are you just taking a break? And you know, I I appreciate it. I really do. Asking, oh, when's oh, if you didn't quit, when's the next one? When, when's the next one gonna come out? It's, you know, it it means a lot for someone really just doing this, just sitting in my room, no fancy setup, fancy mic, good mic, eh, good mic. I don't say fancy, crazy mic, nice setup do my best to eliminate the background noise. I do what I can for a very mature, uh, mature, amateur, very amateur setup, very you know, amateur tone and you know, amateur technology, really. And, you know, I, I really appreciate all the, all the support and the love that I've gotten over the first you know, seven, eight weeks of doing this, whatever episode is, episode five, six, seven, I've lost track. I don't know what episode this is. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I mean, it's, it, it really, it does mean a lot. So I just want to kind of end with that. With that little thank you, and this is uh, this is the new day, by the way. Actually, Wednesday is going to be uh, the new day that I do the shows. It's uh, as football season comes to an end, and you know, I like I like doing the shows on Friday because you'd be like, oh, hey, it's kind of a preview of of what to expect this weekend. But also, I feel like Friday is a bad when I do one show a week. It, Friday just seems like a bad day to give my thoughts on what happened the previous weekend. And now that football is kind of ending, I'm okay going like midweek because now with college basketball there's just going to be there's going to be a lot of stuff going on on like random days it's not set days where there's going to be news and action so i think once it's just a nice middle of the week I'm, i can record on monday i can edit on tuesday and i can drop on wednesdays we are actually i think thursday i forget what i'm gonna drop i'm gonna put this i'm either gonna put this out on wednesday or thursday but the new the new episodes are going to be on wednesday so even if this even if this just comes out on thursday uh wednesday is going to be Wednesday is going to be the day for all future episodes. So again, I do. I appreciate. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the the texts. I appreciate all of it. Really, I do. So, I mean, as long as you guys, I mean, as long as you guys keep listening, I'll keep making. And even, honestly, even if you stop listening, I'll keep making. Really, it's just it's just what I want to do. It's good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. And I guess North Dakota. It's kind of good to be back. It's not great because they canceled. They postponed hockey games. But, you know, it's it's good to be back on campus. It's good to see people that I haven't seen in a minute. And it's good to be back to, to get and do this. So, 
you know, I, like I said, I appreciate all of it. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the breakdown. Hopefully you enjoy the football weekend. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday. Screw Michigan. I hate Michigan. Ann Arbor sucks. Oh, yeah, my bad. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. I hate Ann Arbor. We're back.